0: How many parents have ever tried to do this at Christmas? You've gotten a new toy for your child and you've looked at the box, you open up the toy, and you look at it and you look at the box and go, I could put that together just by looking at the box. Has anybody ever done that before? You look at it and go, I could do that, and then you start putting it together, and as you're putting it together, you start turning wrenches, start getting dr- screwdrivers, and then you look at the box, and you look at this toy, and you look at the box, you look at the toy. Then you hear somebody behind you go, I told you to look at the instructions, and you go, woman? Not done yet. Just checking to see If this was going to go according to what was. Leave the room, okay? I'm not done. I'm not done. Has anybody ever done that before? It's never happened to me. I was just making it up. It's happened to me where I've looked at the box, I've looked at what's in front of me, and I start putting it together, and then somebody just comes in and says, Why don't you just read the instructions? What I've learned about life is that life has instructions. There's a manual that comes for your life and for my life. And so sometimes we get so frustrated. How come this ain't working? Well, did you read the instructions? Did you look at the instructions? How come it's not going according to what I've seen on the box? And many times the box is what we look at other people's lives. Well, I want to have what they have. Okay, well, are you reading the instructions? I want to go where they go. Are you reading the instructions? So, this is very important. What we're going into and what we're diving into is anger management. And we're going to be talking about anger. Somebody say anger. And if you don't read the instructions, you're going to get very frustrated. You're going to get very, very frustrated, thinking, Well, I can do it on my own. Well, you could do it on your own, but don't be surprised when you've got to do it five, six, seven, eight, a hundred times over again. When all you had to do is just read the instructions, tell your neighbor, read the instructions. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to read some instructions. Can we do that? We're going to read some instructions. Open up your instruction manual to Ephesians chapter 4. Now, this is very important. What we're going to do right here right now is uh, this is not necessarily a preaching as it is a teaching. And prayerfully, when it comes to a teaching, you're going to get a whole lot more out of it. In other words, as a teacher, you're going to hear a whole lot more outside of what I say and more into what you are learning and grabbing a hold of in this instruction manual. Okay, that's very important. Ephesians chapter 4, if you have it, say amen. It says in verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Father, be with us these next few moments. Let not our anger go down with the son, but Father, let us deal with it correctly, healthy spiritually. In Jesus' name, we all said. What the scripture is saying, basically, right here, is saying: Look, your anger is a doorway for the devil. In other words, it's just an opportunity. You can be angry, but don't let the enemy in and make you sin in that anger because that's what the enemy wants to do. And if you're not careful, the way that we look at faith as an opportunity is the same way the devil looks at your anger. He looks at it like an opportunity. Ooh, man, this is a perfect opportunity for me to mess up their marriage. This is a perfect opportunity for them to blow all their finances and not know what to do with it. This is a perfect opportunity to sever a relationship that's been together for 20 years. That's what anger is. Anger is nothing more than a door. So if you're not careful and learning how to deal with it, you can really mess up God's promises for your life. Now let's do a quick review if you were here last week. How many were here last week? All right, then you know I gave a lot of scriptures. So some of these you can just highlight again. For those of you that weren't here, write these scriptures down. They're going to help you in your everyday life, in your instruction manuals when you're turning the screws of life. They're going to help you, okay? Psalms chapter 30, verse 5 says, For his anger lasts only for a moment or for a season, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. In other words, even God gets angry. But I love it because it only lasts for a season. But his favor lasts forever. Now, what's very important, if you were here last week, we talked about how passionate feelings and angry feelings seem the same. They seem very uh, close together. Someone's real passionate You go, man, he's an angry guy. No, he's just being passionate. But the difference between angry feelings and passionate feelings is that angry feelings, you want to escape. You know what? I'm just out of here. I'm so mad, I'm out of here. Gone. But passionate feelings are, man, I'm so, I'm so happy that I'm just, I want to take in everything that is there. It's the same feelings many times, but you can't decipher them very carefully. You can mix up angry and passion. But God has given you a passionate feeling. Somebody say passionate. But passionate is embracing. Psalms chapter 37, verse 8, the Bible says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. Did you know that anger is only one letter short of danger? Danger, Will Robinson, danger. Be very careful that you're getting too too angry there. Be careful The anger, it's leading somewhere. Be very careful. If you were here last week, I talked about how the average IQ in America is 100, right? When you get angry, you lose 25% of your IQ. Mental retardation is 70. So guess what? If you get angry, you are that much closer to mental retardation. Have you ever seen people make the greatest decision of their life angry? It's almost impossible. It's impossible to do. There's an old saying by Aristotle. He said, anyone can become angry. That is easy. But to be angry with the right person at the right time and for the right purpose and the right way, that is not within everyone's power. That is not easy. See, anger is something that we all must deal with, especially here in the United States. I was looking at some statistics here. Look at this, in the United States, in domestic violence, there are more than four million women experience physical assault and rape by their partners. One in three homicide victims are murdered by their current or former partner every year. According to the FBI's crime clock, a murder occurs in the United States every 35 minutes, a rape every six minutes. There is a robbery every minute and 30 seconds and a vehicle theft every 40 seconds. Look at this one. 66% of traffic fatalities are caused by road rage. 37% of the aggressive driving incidents involve a firearm. So it's not just road rage. Now I'm going to take somebody's life. Half of the drivers who are on receiving end of an aggressive behavior such as horn honking, rude gestures, or tailgating admit to responding back with aggressive behaviors themselves. Over a seven year period, 218 murders and 12,610 injuries were attributed to road rage. Here's a scary statistic, 2% of drivers admit to trying to run an aggressor off the road. 2% admit it. Those are the ones who admit it. The other 98% need Jesus. Because you're lying. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17 says, A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devises evil schemes is hated. In other words, if you're going to get angry and you lose 25% of your IQ, there's reason to say something evil is about to happen. Something bad is about to happen when you get angry. Needless to say, we got an anger problem. Look at your neighbor and say, anger management. See, the challenge in dealing with anger is that I found that anger is often the second emotion. Anger is often the second emotion. In other words, it's easier to be angry than it is to be lonely. It's easier to be angry than it is to be rejected. It's easier to be angry than to deal with depression. See, treating the core issue is difficult because we are often dealing with illusions about anger. You can't properly deal with it because sometimes we're even lying to ourselves about this anger issue. Now, what I want to do here this afternoon is, there's a lot of times there's an illusion of anger or myth about anger of what people think anger is or what they think anger isn't and so I'm going to give you just a few illusions that we're going to just deal with and say you know what now I see it let's deal with this look at your neighbor say are you ready to see it what are some of the illusions really quickly number one illusion number one is I don't deal with anger I don't deal with it. I want you to know something. That's a lie. Everybody deals with it. You know what happened is men, they tend to blow up. And everyone could see it, right? Women, they tend to implode. Are you angry? No. I'm not angry. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, be angry and do not sin. See, it's being able to deal with the emotion but not allowing it to be destructive. I like what Lyman Abbott says. said, do not teach your children never to be angry. Teach them how to be angry. Teach them how to deal with it. See, people who, who say they don't deal with anger often say stuff like this. They say, I don't deal with anger but I'll ignore people and make them mad on purpose. But I don't deal with anger. I don't deal with anger, I'll just ignore them. See, I don't deal with anger, but I will withhold affection. But I don't deal with anger. I don't deal with anger, but I'll make everyone happy and make sure no one gets mad at me. But I don't deal with anger. I don't deal with anger, but I'll just use sarcasm. Let's be sarcastic. What's the big deal, but I don't deal with anger. People who say they don't deal with it say, I don't deal with anger, but I'll just use loaded, passive-aggressive messages, and I'll make sure that they can never make me happy at all. Or even a lot of people say, I don't deal with anger, but I'll just beat my own self up. But I don't deal with anger. I don't have an anger problem. See, what's scary about this is that people may believe this, but this is the actual way they deal with anger. They ignore They appease people or they're sarcastic or even beat themselves up. James chapter 1, verse 20 says this. This is very important. It says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. See, if we could just be able to deal with this anger issue, this is very important. If we can deal with this anger issue, it would totally change the generational issues that are upon our family's life. Did you know that? We can just learn how to deal with this. Learn how to work with this. Now, this is very important because I know many of you, you grew up in an angry household. My dad yelled. So that's why I yelled. My mom yelled. Well, that's why I yell. My cousin yelled, that's why I yell. I Say, well, that's why I yell. Well, actually, anything that is learned can be unlearned. Don't blame it on your mom. Don't blame it on your This is why I no, 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 no. You you must learn the righteousness of God. Not the righteousness of man, but the righteousness of God. If we could just make some changes, it would even change our relationship with our Savior himself. And we would learn how to just deal with that. So illusion number one, I don't deal with anger. Illusion number two, it's other people's fault. Not my fault. It's their fault. There's a story I read in Nashville where a Nashville man, he claims that he and his 10-year-old daughter were the victims of road rage on a Thursday afternoon, all because of a political bumper sticker on his car. Mark said that Harry gave him the bird and rammed it to his vehicle after noticing an Obama-Biden sticker on his car bumper. This is in the news. Mark had just picked up his daughter from school and had her in the car with him. He pointed at the back of my car bumper, Uh, Mark said, and he flipped me off the one-finger salute. It didn't end there. Mark told Channel 2 News that Harry honked his horn at him for a while and as Darren had stopped at the stop sign. Once Mark started driving again down Blair Boulevard towards his home, he said, I looked in the rearview mirror again at the same SUV, and it was speeding, flying up behind me, and then it bumped me. Mark said that he applied his brake and an SUV smashed into the back of his car. He then put his car in park to take care of the accident. But Harry started pushing the car using his SUV. Mark said he pushed my car up towards the sidewalk, almost onto the sidewalk. Police charged Harry with felony reckless endangerment for the incident. It all started because he hated the Obama-Biden sticker. That's it. The only reason, just because of that. Elizabeth Kenney said this, he who angers you conquers you. It's just a sticker, my gosh. See, this is very important. I believe this is very vital and very important in our culture of today and in our society today, especially in America, because you go around and people you are using a very harsh term and it's called hate speech. So what is happening You're giving hate speech. So guess what they're doing back? Hating back. And if we're not careful, we're hating on the ones that are hating on us. We're just giving the hate speech right back to those that are speaking hate. That's hate speech, so I'm going to kill him. Wait, wait, wait. That's not how we deal with the anger. He who angers you conquers you. See, it goes to show you that My friend, we live in a generation that when we get angry, we easily lose 25% of our IQ. Some probably even lose more than that, but we won't go with that one. Amen? Let's just go with statistics, 25%. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32 says, better a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control than one who takes a city. Listen to me, Victory Outreach Heart. It's very important. If we as Christian Christ believers, God-fearing men and women, then we're going to be the ones who have to take on the self-control. I don't care what you see on the news, what you see on the TV, and you say, oh, man, we got to go do that. Listen to me. There's a big difference between passion and anger. I pray that you uh, lie on the side of passion, that you be passionate about things that happen. If you see young men and young women that are hurting, that are depressed, that are oppressed, that you would be passionate about it. But my friend, don't let that passion turn into anger. And the very thing that you hate, you become. I can end the message right there. We just stop right there, right? You ever met those people? Man, I hate people that gossip. Man, people talking about me. People saying all this stuff about me. Well, uh, I'm just going to tell you about what they said, and you know, I'm going to tell you about them. But you know, I'm hating on them, even though they were hating on me. Oh man, you're becoming what you hate. Be very careful. Illusion number three. First one is I don't deal with anger. Second one is, it's other people's fault. The third one is, I can't control my anger. I just can't control it. It just comes. Listen to me, Incredible Hulk. Proverbs chapter 29 says this. says, fools give full vent to their anger, but the wise bring calm in the end. See, managing our response to anger is a learned behavior. And I said it before anything learned can be unlearned. You know what I've learned is that if the stakes are high enough, you can control your anger. If the stakes are high enough, you can control your anger. Don't look at me like you can't. For those of you that, I just, I have to do it. If the stakes are high enough, you can control your anger. Have you ever seen two people arguing? right, just going at each other, oh, 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 just, oh I can't believe, but Manny, come here, over here, come here, come here, Manny. right, stand right here, brother. look at me, look at me, face me, you see just two people, just arguing, just mad, brother, what'd you, what'd you, I can't believe you did that. I'm not going to hit you, don't worry about it, I can control that, but still, I can't believe you would, oh, my God, why would you even think about, oh, my gosh, they're yelling, and then all of a sudden, the phone rings, uh, hello, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, 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 everything's fine, everything's cool. Okay, yeah, all right, okay, okay, all right, okay, bye. Brother! You know what happens? The reason why a lot of times we often get angry is because we feel like we can belittle somebody who's, who is weaker than us. That's where your anger goes. Your anger doesn't go to somebody who's stronger. It goes to somebody who's weaker. Go ahead, have a seat. Give Manny a hand right there, Amen. But if the stakes are high enough... You can control it. You're waiting for an important phone call. I remember I was playing uh, baseball one time, and I had some guys on my team. You know, I was always a small guy, but I was always a big mouth. Right? Small guys always have big mouths. I don't know why. So I had some big guys on my team. And so one time there was we were playing against another team. They had some big guys too, and in baseball, it's not a contact sport, but the thing about baseball is that once one person gets hit, it's on. That's the thing about baseball. In other words, you don't hit my team, I don't hit your team, and we're good. But the moment you hit my team, I got 20 metal bats right here. You don't want to go there. So one time we were facing another team, and you know we were getting a little heated and hot, and this one pitcher hit our guy. He hit one of our guys, and he hit him hard and so when he hit him I just remember our whole team got up oh what now the rules are you're not supposed to talk back to the other team but when you get hit or someone on your team gets hit oh it's on so we just all right yeah right you know this and that and you know the benches got they didn't get cleared but it got a little heated the first time then another guy gets up there or I should say excuse me the inning changes their guy gets up there we hit them oh, that's it. It's on. Now the benches pretty much start clearing. Now this is what I've learned. I talk big smack, right? Now I was about five foot nothing at the time. But I had a big mouth. I talked like I was seven foot two, right? But I remember I was in the outfield and I came running in. I get what, what, what? And I'll just never, I'll never forget. There was this big old dude, probably about six foot two. And I remember running in and I go, yeah, I'm not going to go towards him. You know, but I'm gonna talk to the other guy. If the stakes are high enough, you'll control your anger. Come on, little five foot nothing. Go ahead and say that to a six foot two guy. Let's see what happens. If the stakes are high enough, you can control your anger. If it's important enough to you, you can control that. You can control yourself. See, this is where you and I must understand that the thing about controlling our anger is that many times we begin or want to, like I said, on a weaker person. Parents do it to the children all the time. And the Bible says, parents, don't exasperate your children. Do not provoke them to anger. See, a lot of times we always talk about how we or the children should honor their parents. And we look at it and we go, man, this generation, they don't honor. But is the other generation, are you provoking? There's always two sides to every promise. There always is. And so it says, parents, listen, be very, very careful. Just because you're stronger doesn't mean you're better. Just because you're bigger doesn't mean you're better. You have to be very careful. You know, it doesn't it even a lot of times, and I gave the statistic a little earlier, husbands do it to their wives all the time. You know what? Just shut up and listen to what I have to say. Get over there. Do what I say. Only a fool gives full vent to their anger be very careful the truth is is that it hurts too bad to control our anger we don't really want to control it we'd rather vent every last breath on those around us if anger expression is a learned behavior then it can also be an unlearned in other words for those of you that just say well that's just the way that it is no it's not That's just the way that I am. No, it's not. That's the way that you were, but you can be a new man in Christ. You can be a new woman in Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a hand of praise. The fourth illusion is that I have to let it out. I have to vent. It goes along with the third one. But what I've learned is that ventilation is blindly expressing your anger to or at another person or even another object. But why doesn't this work? You know why this doesn't work? To give your full vent? Number one is because people don't appreciate your venting. People are going to love it. No, actually, people are not going to love it. I've never heard anybody sitting in a room waiting for somebody going, man, I can't wait for so-and-so to come. Every time they get angry, I love it. Right? I've never heard anybody do that. If anything, we love it when people come in and bring joy to the atmosphere, right, being excitement. But nobody ever sits there going, man, I can't wait for him to come. He's going to blow up and just talk on everybody. Nobody does that. So number one is that people don't appreciate it. Number two is that when it comes to the full vent is that it never deals with the real issue. Matter of fact, you're feeding the issue. You're feeding the issue. I remember going to a uh, Giants-Dodger game in L.A. Now, if you know anything about the Dodger stadium in the bleachers, these bleacher bums are crazy. They're nuts. I'm a Giants fan. I'm sitting there. I got all my, you know, Giants gear on. And there's these Dodger fans just going at Barry Bonds. And when I mean going at them, I mean every inning, every pitch, Just going at him. Going at him. I mean, just saying words that I cannot repeat over this microphone. I mean, they were talking about his mom. They were talking about his kids. Now, when I looked over, of course, I could tell they were, you know, getting a little, right? A little drinking a little bit. A lot of bit. A lot, a lot of bit. Let's talk about alcohol next, huh? People always ask, can I get drunk? Uh, Again, uh, drunk goes with anger. Like, I've never seen anybody make a great decision drunk. Man, you were drunk. That was the greatest decision you ever made when you were drunk. Good job, buddy. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Did you know you can get drunk with anger? Okay, back to the Giants-Dodger and game. So these guys are going at it. I mean, just going at it. And then every inning one Barry, you suck. Your grandma. I mean, they're talking about everything. Barry, you're whack. You're horrible. You are. Wh-. I mean, they're just going at him. Second inning Barry, you swing like a girl. I mean, everything. You just add a few extra words in there. Just going at them. And I'll never forget the eighth inning came. Barry Bonds came up to bat. And Barry Bonds came up to bat, hit a home run, right? I'm a judge, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, that put us in the lead. And I'm sitting there, right? The game go on, go on to the ninth inning. Barry Bonds has to come out to left field. And when Barry Bonds comes out to left field, you would have thought, hey, they're going to stop. They didn't stop. That was, check the bat. It was court. He's on steroids. All this stuff. I mean, and Barry's just taking it. He's right there. Finding the game. It was was a close game. That home run that Barry hit allowed the Giants to win by one. When the game was over, I'll never forget this. The game was over, right? Boom, last out, bottom of the ninth. Giants win. Barry Bonds, I kid you not, (laughs) that was hilarious to me. You guys are the fans. Here's Barry Bonds. Game's over. Yeah. (laughs) He kissed them all. It was hilarious. Oh, it was so funny. All this time, they were going at it. They were going at it. The anger got them nowhere. Matter of fact, it made them look more of a loser than what the team was already losing. So, not only did they lose the game, but they lost their dignity. And they lost it have you ever gotten a soda can and shook it right just shake 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 the soda can and after you shake it you try to open it what happens <sighs> all over the place see what the bible is saying is that it says that a fool gives full vent to their anger when you shake up what's inside of you oh i just got to let it out i wouldn't do that because you're about to spray everybody you're about to spew all this hate all over everybody. And if I were you, I would be very, very careful. As a matter of fact, with that, you'll have to make sure that what you said you don't regret. Dr. Lawrence Peter said this: speak when you are angry, and you'll make the best speech you'll ever regret. Be very careful. I know well, man, I just got, I gotta let them know. You don't have to let them know. You want to let them know. You're just giving full vent to the shaking up inside of you. Be very careful. The fifth one, the fifth illusion about anger is this. Talking it out with someone will help me. Now, part of this is true. Part of this is true. Is that if you are able to calmly talk out whatever the issue is that's eating away at you, this is true. If you're able to talk about it in an adult fashion, in a proper fashion if you could do that. However, when someone is so hurt or even so jealous, whatever emotion is driving you, that emotion is called anger. And what happens is the anger comes in, oh, let me tell you what they did to me. Now, I'm just telling you, but. And all of a sudden, what you're not realizing is that you don't have a license to drive anger. And you're driving down a lane and getting ready for an accident. But you know how it starts? Well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to. You want to. Because something inside of you has been shaking. Oh, I got to let it out. I got to let it out. You got to be very careful what you let out. The Bible says be careful of your heart. It's deceptive. It's very deceptive. And if you're not careful, it can spill out onto those around you. Rather than talk about it, why you're really upset or why you're really mad, all of a sudden you just begin to feed the anger. And when you feed the anger, especially when you get two people that are hot together that just feed each other, oh, it just gets me so mad. It gets me mad too. You get mad? Oh, I know. We should do something about it. Yeah, let's do something about it. Ah, you got two hulks rather than one. Well, I just needed to tell somebody. No, you didn't want to tell anybody. You wanted to feed somebody. And when you fed them, guess what? They ate the bait. And when one person eats the bait, then you call somebody else. Hey, guess what happened to so-and-so? Let's all be mad at them. Have you ever seen the situations where other people are mad at someone else who they've never met? They've never even met the person. I'm mad at them. Why are you mad at them? You ever met them? I've never met them, but I'm still mad at them. Because my friend, and I got to back her up, and I got to back him up. No, what you're doing is you're feeding them. You're not backing them up. Because if you really want to be a friend, then you need to tell your friend, hey, control your issues. Control your tongue. Because if not, what happens is that's not a friend to you. Actually, you know how they see you? They see you as a garbage truck. And so everywhere you go, you wonder why you stink. Because all they do is they just see you as a garbage truck. Oh, I'm going to give this to you. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Well, really? Oh, that gets me mad too. And you walk around with a stinky face. Mm. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. Mm. You got to be very careful. Gossip, somebody said this, gossip and anger are like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24 says, Do not make friends with a hot tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. In other words, anger is contagious. Be very careful. Well, I just got to tell somebody. The first person that you should be able to tell is God. He is your maker. He is your helper. He is your comforter. He is your everything. He is your peace in the middle of the storm. So if you are in the middle of the storm, I want to tell you right now, don't bring me into that storm. I've got a few storms of my own. What you really are looking for is peace. Be very careful with the anger because it becomes contagious. Now, this is what I've learned. This is a side note. I have our marriage life group. I've learned that two hot-tempered spouses, oh, my gosh, as Sister Sharon would say, my God. Now, I'm not giving a marriage class, but at the same time, I'm giving a marriage class because when you deal with anger, you deal with marriage. What I've learned is, And for those of you that are married and you're having this issue, it's a constant issue, it's a constant issue. Well, who do I tell? I keep telling her she gets mad. Well, I keep telling him, and he yells at me, and we keep going back and forth. You know what I've learned is this. Somebody has to jump off the crazy cycle because you're just going in a cycle. It's going in a cycle. Well, I do it because he does it. Well, I do it because she does it. Well, if you're just going to keep pointing fingers at each other, You're never going to get around to opening your hand with love. It's just nothing but a bunch of pointing. One pointing. One pointing. What's his fault? It's her fault. Maybe for some of you, you say you're not married, but you have some troubles with your family, with your mom and with your dad. Well, it's his fault. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's her fault. I wouldn't be like, it's her fault. No, you need to jump off that cycle. Don't let that cycle put you into a wreck. Matter of fact, what should we do with it? This is what we should do with it. Matthew chapter 18, and I'm done right here. Matthew chapter 18, verse 34, says, In his anger, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. That's the conclusion right there. He can come to the piano. So what is the Bible saying? It says you want to judge, go for it. But the same way you judge, you will also be judged. That's heavy, huh? That's talking about eternal soul damnation in the judgment. That's crazy. Well, I'm a good person. I'm a great guy. I'm a great woman. It's just when people gets on my nerves, you don't want to get on my nerves. Don't be standing in line next to me on the way to heaven. I don't know what's going to happen to you. You were a good person on earth, but trust me, there's going to be a lot of good people in hell. The Bible says here, in the same way that he judged someone else, the master had to judge him. He says, okay, is that what you want to do? Then I'm going to do that to you. No, see, it's a harvest principle. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. So for those of you that have in your mind, well, this this is what I've learned. This is what I've learned. It's, it's, It's funny or ironic, if you say, that whenever we see people do things that we don't like, we judge them on their actions. You did this. You did that. But when we do something, we judge ourselves on our intentions. Well, I didn't mean to. Did the exact same thing, yeah. But I didn't mean to, they meant to. In the same way you judge, you will also be judged. That's crazy, huh? But they did that on purpose. They did that. That's she said that on purpose. He did that on purpose. Okay, if that's the way you feel, you're the one carrying around the load of anger, it's you. I shared last week about how I had to forgive somebody who did something to me they didn't even know they did. But it was such a releasing feeling when I forgave them. You know what forgiveness means? Forgiveness means you don't owe me anything. You don't owe me anything. You don't even owe me an apology. No apology needed. No apology needed. You don't have to. I was even sharing with somebody the other day, and they were telling me that. They said, hey, Pastor... You don't have to apologize. no, 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 no. I want to apologize, man, for what the, this thing that happened. I deeply want to apologize. You know, we didn't know. We didn't know this had happened to you. We had no idea. And so, I'll, man, I'm, a, I'm over here apologizing, apologizing. I go, no, no, no. No apology needed. So right there at that moment, I knew there was forgiveness. Now, they didn't even have to forgive me. It wasn't even had to do with me, but I was still apologizing anyways. But right there, that's when I knew forgiveness had come to that household. Forgiveness came to that house. Some of you right now, you want to get freedom in your house? Forgive. Forgiveness. That's one of the biggest keys. Some of you wives need to forgive your ex-husband. Not your current husband. You're probably wondering, man, why do I keep having issues with this guy? It's this guy. It's this guy. It's probably not that guy. It's because you did so many other finger pointings with the other guy. You just directed it right back at him. Or vice versa. Some of you men, you need to forgive your ex-wife. That was all her. She did all the, uh, If she didn't nag me so much. No, that was, no. You need to just forgive her. I ain't going to forgive her. You don't know what she did to me. You're right. I don't know what she did to you, but I know what anger can do to you. I don't know what she did. I have no idea what she did. I don't know what your ex-girlfriend, ex-husband, ex-wife, ex-best friend, ex-this, ex- I have no idea what they did. But if you want freedom, you got to learn how to forgive. you got to learn how to forgive. We are in a culture right now that is not forgiving nobody. We're not forgiving anybody. Donald Trump does one thing. Ah! Oh, my gosh. Listen, I'm not a Trump fan all that much myself. But believe me, I'm not getting crazy with what he did. I didn't get crazy with Obama either. I didn't get crazy with Clinton. I didn't get crazy with. A, I can look at. The president is not coming to my house to pay my bills. And if he ever did, I would make sure that he would know. Hey, you're, you're giving a donation, right? I don't know you anything. <laughs> if he ever did. But he ain't coming to my house. He's not changing. He's he's not dealing with my anger. He's not dealing with my children. I'm dealing with my children. The president ain't doing that. Oh, but you don't understand. We got to stand up. No, be passionate. Don't be angry. Be passionate. A lot of people, and believe me, I have family involved with the whole DACA and this and that, and I was—I didn't even know what was going on until I saw it. I go, oh, my gosh. But then I started reading posts. I go, man, people are mad. They, they actually sound, when you read some of these comments, they sound like they want to kill someone. Oh, my gosh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Only a fool gives full vent to his anger. Believe me, I get it. There's a lot of things that are out of our control that we don't like. There's a lot of things that happen that I don't like that our, even our city of Hayward does. But just because the city of Hayward does it doesn't mean I'm moving out the city. Let's take it down even closer. There's a lot of things that my wife does that I don't like. Ah oh man, I can't believe she I said I'm leaving her. No. Only a fool on is anger. Look at you're angry. I get it. I understand. Man, why is this happening? I get it. You're angry. Man, they should have never said that about me. I get it. You're angry. They should have never done this. Yeah, I get it. You're angry. I understand. Be angry because you're a human being, so it's okay to be angry. Just don't sin. Don't blurt out falling. Don't allow that anger to take you down a pathway of destruction. Because then now it's not about anger. Now it's about consequence. And that's a whole nother message. Some of you men and women know about consequence. I didn't do it on purpose, Your Honor. But you still did it. And there's a consequence for that. So before you have to go to the consequence, say, God, deal with my character. Deal with my character. For those of you that are here, I want to challenge you, read the instruction manual. There's a lot of scriptures I gave you. Get this thing. Don't allow what you see. Some of you, if you have to, turn off that garbage. Turn it off. Can I be honest with you? You know what we did in our family? I'm, you know, just kind of sharing a little personal. We got rid of the TV. We got rid of the thing. Television, just got rid of that. The CNN, MNN, and all that other MMs, Fox News, and other—they're fake. They're real. They're good. They're bad. Oh my gosh! You know what I've learned is that if I'm watching more of the television news more than reading the good news, all I'm putting is bad news inside of me. We got rid of it. Care, you know, and believe me, I try to keep up just enough, just enough, just to understand the issues and the climate of today's culture. But believe me, I don't allow the culture to dictate my character. Don't allow the culture to dictate your character, who you are as a Christian, who you are as a man of God, who you are as a husband, who you are as a wife, who you are as a a mother, who you are as a father. Don't allow those songs and those movies and that, that stuff to dictate how you're going to live your life. That, that shouldn't dictate who you are. Who should dictate who you want to become is right here. It's the best instruction manual ever going to read in your life. Listen, you may not be perfect. You may not have had it all together. Matter of fact, some of you, you might have been trying really hard on your own, not reading the instructions and you've been failing and you've been failing and you've been failing and you've been messing up and you've been messing up and you've been messing up and you say, you know what? I feel like giving up. I can't do this any longer. Why does this keep happening to me? I'm here to tell you. I'm here to bring hope to your life right now and tell you, listen, my friend, even though you messed up once, get up. Get up again and allow God to be the center of your life. You might have messed up five years ago. You might have gave full vent to your anger ten years ago. But right here, right now, God wants to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Read the instruction manual. Read it. It's going to help you in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your parenting, in your job like never before. Bow your heads with me here. This afternoon, Father, we give.